0: We're going to continue this message that I didn't finish last week. And it's important for us to understand that God has a plan, not just for your life, but God has a plan for this time period that we live in. Every one of us know that we live in troubled times, every one of us. Things become more difficult. There's more pressure. Can I hear an amen? amen? Do you know that Satan is the God of this world? And that happened when Adam in the garden bowed his knee to Satan by obeying Him rather than obeying God. I'm going to try to touch on three things today that are very important. These three things can change your life. Maybe these three things you've never even recognized at all. But as a believer, we have to work at these things so that we can be Walking in God's purpose for our life, God's will for our life. God's will for our life doesn't mean that we are going to have our quote unquote best life now. Because there is a heaven. (laughs) That will be your best life. (laughs) Amen? It's true. So what is God's plan? What is His purpose? And the Bible has really declares what His purpose is. It tells you about the times we're living in. It tells you about what is going to happen. And that's why we have always encouraged you, if you've come to this church at all, we've encouraged you to get in the Word and read it. Read the Word, read the Word, read the Word. It's the Word of God that changed our lives completely. Uh Miss Amanda talked about marriage and having the money spent for the wedding and all this and that. Hey, listen, we're hippies, and we get she's got pictures of our you know what did you do down the down the street and picked wildflowers and we got the picture. <laughs> but it was love and and love will allow you to stay together. Even when it's difficult. And as a believer, as a Christian, you've got to understand the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart. This is a good thing. It's a very good thing. Because when you yield to that love, you're going to be able to deal with trouble. Now, you might be the cause of the trouble. Don't. <laughs> But the Holy Spirit will help us in that because He's interested in your life. He's interested in everything you do. He's interested in the way you think. He's interested in what you plan. And the key is that we need to know Him. We need to find His purpose, and we will then experience this life that uh, God has said it's an abundant life. So what does God want to do with you and I? And this is on your outline. God wants to duplicate Himself in mankind. It's amazing. He wants to duplicate Himself in you and in me. That means that we have to yield to His ways in order for it to happen. There's no option. It's not like God is going to beg you either. God is not like your mom. Oh, please, will you make your bed? Please, please, will you make your bed? We you clean up. Oh, please, we. Cl- oh, you did something that you're supposed to. Let me reward you. There's a scripture that says in there that uh, uh, we're just unfaithful servants. We just did what we were told. God doesn't always reward us for doing what's right. And as a parent, here's a little tip. doesn't mean that you reward your kids for doing what's right. Hello, that should be built into them. But God wants to duplicate Himself in mankind. And this is on our outline too because this is the start of it all. It's the start of it all. This is the only way that God can duplicate Himself in you and in me. Right there, John 3.3. 3. Everybody knows this scripture. And everybody said, Amen. better get that down (laughs) pastor John 3.3 Jesus answered him truly truly I say to you unless one is born again he cannot see the kingdom of God that is the start when you're born again when I'm born again what happened your spirit was born again your body's still the same your mind is still the same you might just feel a relief of, of the guilt and the sin and the shame that was on you. That's the removal of your sin. And hallelujah for that. Amen? It's good. It's really good. And this is, if you're right there, and John, I want you to turn to the... Uh, John 3, and I want you to look at 6 and 7. This is another thing that Jesus is saying. And this is really a key to our life in Christ. This is really a key for us to understand our purpose. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say you must be born again. Again, your flesh is not changed. You still look the same after you're born again. Your mind has still been trained by the world because what has happened now, you and I have been trained by our five physical senses. Okay? And so that is what the mind of the flesh is. That's the carnal mind, the Bible calls it. Now, Jesus is calling us to a higher life, a higher way to live. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 50, this is what the Scripture says. I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. See, Jesus, I want you to understand, these words in the Bible are spirit and life. Right now... These words are feeding your spirit, the hidden man of the heart. The Bible declares, this is, this is the makeup of man. The Bible declares in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, it says this. It says, I want to, you to be sanctified, holy. Spirit, soul, and body. And look at how it's, the priority is your spirit. The second one is your soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions. The Bible tells us something to do with that. It tells us to renew your mind with the Word of God. It tells you something to do with your body is to present it holy and blameless, it's to crucify its desires and allow the spirit man to ascend to where he should be. Ezekiel tells us about being born again. Ezekiel, an Old Testament prophet, talks about being born again and he describes it this way this is he's a prophet so he's speaking for God right here right now he says I will give you a new heart new spirit I'll put it within you the hidden man of the heart he says I'll remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh that heart of flesh doesn't mean kernel that means that your heart is softened enough so that you can receive the incorruptible seed of the ever-living God. And the seed that goes in is going to produce. Hallelujah. But we have all... We control that harvest and what it's going to be. (laughs) You've got to understand who you are. If you don't understand who you are, then... These things will always stay a mystery to you. These things will always be confusing to you. And you'll always be saying, I just don't understand the Bible. You're born of His Spirit. Okay. That means you're a child of God. A child of God. God wants you to grow up. He doesn't want you to remain a baby. He wants you to mature. And it's true. He wants us to mature. He doesn't want us just to receive the blessings, and that's what people run after. I do. I run after the blessings of God. I want them. And I'm going to believe God for them. But he's also saying, it's your responsibility to grow up. It's your responsibility to mature. He wants you and I to take the responsibility as a child of God, as a son or daughter of God. Amen? And we get this heart. It's on our outline. The soft heart is to be able to recognize God dealing with you. Because God wants to reproduce himself in you. It's, it's called uh, the law of identification. Okay? You find it mostly in the epistles of Paul. Letters to the church. You find it weave, woven all through the Old Testament and even in Jesus' teaching. Think about that. God wants to duplicate himself in you. Doesn't that blow your mind? I mean, seriously. Have you ever really, really thought about that? Have you ever really thought about that? And this was crazy. The Bible declares that uh, He created us as God's. You take a look at this in Psalm chapter 8. Jesus was tested by the Pharisees. You claim to be the Son of God. And and then he quoted Psalm 8. That means you're in a certain class of being. Okay? It doesn't mean you're Almighty God. Get that through your head. However, we are to imitate God, the Bible declares, too. I might never get to these notes. One of the ways that we imitate God is to walk in love. If you're born again, the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart. But if you read that scripture, Romans 5, 1 through 5, it talks about the difficulty and the trouble that you're going to walk through. But the power of it is love. Huey Lewis, huh? I like him. (laughs) He's just talking about the Bible. Come on. (laughs) Glory to God. Oh, Jesus, you're good. Uh, Okay, we're going to go to this script. That's one way you imitate God. We imitate God by forgiving. You know, forgiving is Christianity 101. It should be so easy for us to forgive people. I mean, really, it should be that easy to forgive people. There's a warning also about it. If you don't forgive those, then God won't forgive you. That should frighten you. That should frighten you into, I forgive you, I forgive you, I forgive you. (laughs) See, but he's, he's, he's duplicating himself in you. So it's your new nature to forgive. Hallelujah. This is good news, I'm telling you. And, and then he says that we're to live by faith. He, this is another way we imitate God. We live by faith. We walk by faith. You know, the Bible declares that you and I have the measure of faith. Hey! We got it. The measure of faith. But then it talks about your faith can increase. I want my faith to increase. Uh, Listen, I want to be able to move mountains in my life. That's imitating God. The spirit of faith is I believe in my heart and I speak with my mouth. That means you have something to do with it. And that's where we're going to get to. You have a lot to do with it. You have a lot to do with it. The Bible says that we're to imitate God. And that means that we call those things that are not as though they were. That doesn't mean we ignore what is. Please. We can face our trouble fearlessly. (laughs) I'm trying, Lord. Come on. I want us to look at this Romans chapter 8 scripture. For those he foreknew, this is this is this is God speaking to us. For those he foreknew, he also predestined to be what? Conformed to the image of his son. That's the law of identification. In order that we might be, he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he did what? Oh man, doesn't that feel good? Oh man, he justified us by his sacrifice, his death, burial, and resurrection. He justified you and me, if we believe it. Justified means just as if you never sinned. That's the power of the blood of Christ. Whoa! Anybody have a past? Ooh, that's good. Somebody has been reading the Word. (laughs) He said, not anymore. Because as far as the east is from the west, God will remember your sins no more. That means you have to repent. It just doesn't say, oh, I'm a Christian, so I'm there. No, man. you gotta, you got to look at that sin, and you got to call it sin. You've got to recognize this is sin. This is against God. That's actually the nature of the devil, and I don't want any part of it. I want to be like what Jesus said. The prince of this world is coming, and he has nothing in common with me. Have you been justified? Yes. yes. So that, you can say that. He has nothing in common with me. I better hurry up. And those whom he justified, he also did what? Glorified. He, he glorified. Do you know, Jesus? I love these parts of the Bible, John 14 through 17. These are some of the last times that Jesus was with his disciples. He talked about Some certain things, you know what he said in those scriptures. Everybody said, "Yeah, but what part, Pastor?" (laughs) Do you see? We want you to read the word because you don't know who you are until you read the word. You'll you'll have this crazy idea of who you are, and you know when you read the word, you're going to find maybe I'm doing things wrong, and I'm going to bail out of that, and I'm going to walk with this. This is forever, folks. We understand that we're in a difficult time. We're in the end time. Everything's being set up for one world religion, one world government. The trouble we have in this country is because there are globalists that want to vie for a position of rulership when the earth gets divided. It's all in the Bible, folks. It's all in the Bible, so we need to be aware of the times we live in, and we have to understand that everything you see here is going to be gone. Everything. The things of this world that you put your hope in, your confidence in, puff. Listen, I'm not a gloom and doom preacher. The joy of my Lord is my strength. I, uh, I like goofing off. When I get into meetings, everybody has to say, pay attention. <laughs> Do you see that bird fly by? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm not a gloom and doom preacher, but I want to prepare you for what's happening right before your eyes. I'm going to tell you right now, because people love darkness, all right, the Bible declares that God has sent a delusion upon the earth. Who sent it? Yes. And why? Because he's going to separate the sheep from the goats. That's why we have to know the word. That's why we have to live out the word. That's why we got to live by faith and not by sight. Look at—is this on our outline? Second Peter. If it's not, I want you to write it down as a note. Second Peter chapter one three through four. Second Peter chapter three chapter one three through four. Shannon is it on there or not? Okay, cool. Open your Bibles and find it. Second, uh, yeah, ready. Second Peter chapter one, verses three through four. This is good news. I'm telling you, good news here. It's really good news. The idea that we as Christians can go through life without trouble is is you can't even find it in the Bible. It's a lie. And if you don't understand that this is the way God has designed it, then you're going to, at the end, get mad at God and walk away when he starts to judge things. I thought God was this way. I thought God was this way. I was supposed to have a million dollars. I was supposed to have cars in the driveway. I was supposed to have a new house. I was supposed to have a new dog. I was supposed to have boats and I was supposed to have everything. I'd like a boat. <laughs> <laughs> hey Chris, you got a book. When are we going? <laughs> May 2nd. <laughs> Listen. Jesus said in this life you're going to have trouble. Trouble if we do it the right way purifies us. Exactly. You know, the Bible says we're going to be in a refiner's fire. This is Hey, I'm not a gloom and doom preacher. I want to be refined. Anybody else? I want to be refined. If that means I go through the fire, I'm going to be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And I'm going to say, oh, king, oh, king, live forever. You know, uh, my God can deliver us, but if he doesn't, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not bound down to your idols. Everybody finds that computer. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. I'm not going to get through this message at all. But you know what? Listen, the Spirit of God is putting something in each one of you right now that will put you over if you have ears to hear. Jesus constantly said, if you have ears to hear, if you have ears to hear. We all got these. He's talking about your heart, your spirit, the hidden man of the heart, the inward man receiving the incorruptible seed of the ever-living Word of God. It's all spiritual. I'm telling you what, Christianity is spiritual. People just have created it with the mind of the flesh and said, this is how it is. The mind of the flesh is death. The mind of the spirit is life and peace. That's what we want, amen? Look what it says here, 2 Peter chapter 1. Seeing that His divine power has granted to us, what? Everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and excellence. Verse 4, by these... He has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises so that by them you may become partakers of his divine nature, conforming to his image and having escaped the corruption that is in this world by lust. God wants you to be conformed to his image, he wants you to be conformed to his image. And we have a lot to do with it. As a matter of fact, it won't happen if you don't cooperate. That's right. Jesus came to his own hometown. He's a miracle worker. This is the Son of God! He could do anything. But the Bible says he could do no miracles there because of their unbelief. God needs your faith to make things happen. God needs your faith when things are so bad and look just the opposite of what God says. That's when you speak out of your mouth what God says. You call those things that are not as though they were. And God's pleased with that. He expects that from you. Do I need to cut this in smaller pieces or... Can you eat a steak? You're going to have to eat a steak because we're running out of time on this planet. You have to start to give your life. Just like what we said, lay down my life, lay down my life, lay down my life. Jesus says, if you give up your life here on this earth, you'll find true life. I want that. I'm telling you. Christianity is really a spiritual thing. If you don't have the mind of the spirit, you're going to be left out. God's moving on. He's, like he said, he's not like your mom. Oh, please, would you go and make your bed? Oh, please, would you go, please, 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 please. He says, go make your bed. And then if you don't make your bed, you know what? You get nothing until you do. You can't move on. You're right. You cannot move on. And every single one of us right here, right now can say, (laughs) okay, Lord, I see it. I'll do it. Right? We're all in the same boat. There isn't a single person here that has arrived. Do you know Paul at the end of his life, at the very end of his life, you know what he called himself? The Apostle Paul said this. He said, I'm the chiefest of sinners. Understand, Paul wasn't out sinning. He just recognized the holiness of God. And who he was and what he was trying to obtain. Because none of us have arrived. However, if you sit down and complain about that, I haven't arrived, wah, 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 that's all you're getting. You have to have a warrior spirit to do Christianity. To be a Christian, you have to have a warrior spirit. That's why he said, "Uh, here's my armor. (laughs) Here's a clue. Put it on. He says, you've got to fight the good fight of faith. Well, if there's a fight, there's opposition. Amen? Amen? Don't kid yourself. The devil wants to destroy you. He's going to do anything he can. And his biggest thing is deception. And when you are deceived, you think you're right. That's scary, folks. That's why you need brothers and sisters in Christ. And you have to have a heart that's willing to say, all right, give it to me. I want to hear it. What do you see? Because I don't want to stay the same. I want to change. This is, am I talking to the right people here? You know, this church isn't for entertainment. This church is for, get your boots on, because we're not finished. (laughs) Listen, this is all in love, I'm telling you what. This is on our outline that I just discovered. (laughs) God wants to duplicate himself, and I want you to personalize it in me. In me. And again, you have to meditate on that. It says, do you know that there's a place in the Bible that says that he will fill you to the fullness? To be filled with the fullness of God. Hello. That's a prayer. You know, God has put a prayer in the Bible for you to pray that. I want to be filled to the fullness of God. Anybody else in here want that? Are you kidding me? I'll fight for that. He wants to duplicate you. He wants to duplicate me. What does it say? Be conformed to the image. Conformed to the image of Christ. Conformed to the image of Christ. That means we're going to walk in love. We're going to walk in forgiveness. That means we're going to walk in faith. We're going to speak those things that are not as though they were. We're going to move mountains in our life. And when you do that, you're going to have the same suffering that Jesus had. Can I get an amen? Amen. To think you're not going to suffer in this life is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. He says we walk the narrow road. If you look at that Greek word narrow road, it means that you're going to be under pressure. Under pressure. Anybody feel that they're under pressure being a Christian, being able to speak up at work, being able to speak up wherever you might be? Yep, it's true, all of us, same thing. Yep, 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 yep. Let's go to the Old Testament. Let's go to the book of beginnings, Genesis. Genesis chapter one, verse 26. Genesis chapter one, verse 26. We're going to see how this is really a reality from the very beginning and a reality to where we are now. a reality that God has said all the way through. He wants the things to happen. God's will never changes, right? That's correct. It never changes. Genesis chapter one, verse 26. I am really running out of time, but you're going to get something today. And it's going to sustain you, and it's going to be able to change your life, if you do it. Everybody there, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Here's the key. Let them rule over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and the sky, and over the cattle, over all the earth. And... Every other, what? Creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Well, goodness. I guess a snake would creep on the earth, wouldn't it? A serpent. Uh, Do you see that Adam and Eve had authority over this earth? Do you see that he, Adam and Eve, were supposed to rule over this earth? They were supposed to be Elohims. Elohim's is the word for God that is used in in, uh, Psalm chapter 8. We're created just a little bit lower than Elohim, God's. We are to be in God's counsel, so to speak, so that we can rule over the earth. Adam made that mistake. And transferred all that authority to the devil. And the devil is out to destroy you and me. Now, you got that written down? Do you you understand the kind of being you are? You're being conformed to the image of Christ if you're walking in the Word, living the Word, walking by faith, living by faith. You could come in here, hear all this, get lifted up, be pumped up, because the Spirit of Christ is in here. And you could walk out there and you could have four hours of just like, man, everything's lifted off me, I'm excited, everything, and go right back to the same trash you've been doing. You you don't change. You wonder why you blame God then, or you blame the pastor. Pastor Steve didn't, you know. I might not have, <laughs> but I'm telling you what, you go to the Word and focus on the Word, become a doer of the Word. The Word says a doer of the Word is blessed, not the hearer. I, I, I want to make disciples. Pastor Mamie and I, Pastor Ben, Amanda, all we want to do is make disciples. We're going to lay a feast out before you and you can eat anything on that table. We want you to be a disciple who makes a disciple. If you hold it all in, you're, you, you don't get it. You're not a disciple. A disciple is one who is going to bear witness about the goodness of God in their own lives to other people. That's a disciple. It's called evangelism. All you're doing is telling people what God did in your own life. Romans chapter 5, 17. Again, the Lord wants to duplicate Himself in you. It's the law of identification. Romans chapter 5, verse 17. This is helping us here. Amen? Okay, now God said to Adam and Eve to rule over everything on the earth, right? He did, didn't He? He was supposed to have rulership of the things of the earth. Romans chapter 5, verse 17. For if by the transgression of one, that's Adam, death reigned through that one. Okay, I like this. I, in my Bible, I circled much more because we have a much more God, amen? <laughs> <laughs> he can do above and beyond all that you ask or think. That's a prayer in the Bible. Did you know that? That's a prayer you're supposed to pray for yourself and your loved ones. Pray that for your church. Romans 5, 17. For if by the transgression of one, death reigned through that one, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will what? Will reign in life as kings through that one Jesus Christ. Okay. There's the authority that God wants you to have. Sounds like what he did in Adam, doesn't it? Okay, reign as kings, that's pretty cool. (laughs) I want to be king. If I was king of this world, it'd be totally different because nobody votes. And you have to understand, nobody votes with God. It's not the popular, it's not the most It's not the collective. It's God. You know, it helps us, helps me a lot, to think of the medieval times. I love that kind of stuff. You know, Will Wallace and the Three Musketeers and stuff like that. But the king says something, that's it. There's no vote. You might say, "Mm, I don't like it. But you know what? He's king. I bow my knee to the king. His way. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. He knows things that are coming, doesn't he? He knows more than you, doesn't he? (laughs) Yes, he does. But here's the wonderful thing. He wants us to be conformed to his image, and he's actually giving us authority on this planet. He says for us to rule as kings. Let's go to the next scripture. Second Timothy. Let's look at it. Second Timothy chapter two. Let's turn those pages. I love to have it. Find that app, Dave, that is on your phone and it sounds like pages turning. Then you can put it right next to the microphone. <laughs> so God wants us to be conformed to his image. I gotta hurry because I'm gonna show you things that really destroy this. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 12. Look what it says here. If we endure, we will reign with him. If we deny him, he'll also deny us. Okay, so is that once saved, always saved? That's a different thing altogether. That's not a once saved, always thing. In Genesis, he's, he wants Adam and Eve to reign and rule. At the end of the Bible, he wants us to reign and rule. In order for us to reign and rule, we need work done on us. <laughs> Amen. We'd mess things up. You know what? You'd go down Main Street and mess the timing of all the lights. I want green. I want it green. I want it green. I want it green. We need to learn of Him. Amen? Here's the thing. This is, this is, this is what messes it up. In, in Romans chapter uh, 8. Romans chapter 8. The Bible declares he's, he's teaching us here. He's letting us know the enemies of our faith. He's letting us know the enemies that cause us not to be conformed to the image of Christ. He says, for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, set their minds on the things of the Spirit. Let me make it real easy for you. Jesus said his words are spirit and life. So when you start putting the word of God in your mouth, in your mind, you're starting to renew your mind, renew your mind. So now you're going to start to think with the mind of the Spirit, as long as you're thinking along the lines of the word of God. You know, when it says, set your, the mind of the flesh, it doesn't mean that you're thinking of terrible things. Listen, it doesn't. There's a difference between the mind of the flesh and the mind of the spirit. I want the mind of the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death. But to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. This this is it. This is what stops us being conformed to the image of Christ. And I don't mean we're going to have long hair and a beard and we're going to wear a robe. Listen, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? Two people understand. but I don't have time right now. Later on, I can. I want you to get this. I want you to become a disciple who makes a disciple. I want you to live a life that's honoring to God. I want you to be conformed to the image of Christ. So that's what this church is all about. So that you know God, you find His purpose for your life, and then you truly experience life. That's what we want. Jesus, it's it's really easy. Jesus simply said, go and make disciples in all the world. Okay. You have a vision other than that. You're making a mistake. (laughs) Jesus has got our our, our vision. He's got what he wants. Look at this, what it says. Verse 7, for the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God for it doesn't submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. So those who are in the flesh cannot please God. However, this is cool, you are not of the flesh but of the Spirit. In fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ doesn't belong to Him. God wants to duplicate Himself in you. And you and I have a big part to play in it. Look at what it says here in Proverbs. Proverbs says, keep your heart, guard your heart with all vigilance. And above all, guard your heart. Out of it flow the springs of life. If you're walking in the mind of the flesh. Now listen, the mind of the flesh has been trained. We all have it. The mind of the flesh has been trained by the five physical senses. There is a spirit realm and we all know it. And God wants us to operate in that realm to change the realm we live in. You and I have a lot to do. Look at, the, look at this, this last scripture. We're going to hit it because I, I can't get through these messages, this message. John 17. You know, this should be underlined in your Bible. John 17. Man, I love to read John 14 through 17. I love it. That's the place in my Bible where the page falls out. And what's amazing, my son has the same (laughs) problem with... He must read it too because that's the same page that falls out of his Bible. (laughs) Glory to God. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Are you getting something today? Okay. You know what? When you get something, that means there's work to do. Uh, But it's the grace of God that helps us do it. Not in your own strength, remember. It's the grace of God. The grace of God is what? The grace of God is the power of God. It's not just a little, oh, grace, we forgive you your sin. Oh, grace, we look the other way. No. And that's another thing. You don't look the other way, folks. When you're sinning, you know what? You need to get to before God and say, I hate this sin. You need to call it sin. You got, not my problem. I have this little problem. I have this little habit. Uh, You know, it's just, it's okay because I know you love me. And are you a mature believer or are you a baby still? We're moving forward, amen? Yeah. God wants an army. He wants you to have the full armor of God on. He wants your mind renewed with the Word of God. He wants you to wield the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And in Genesis, he says, I want you, I'm going to make you in my image and in my likeness. I want you to have authority here on this planet. Now, we read here in Romans chapter 5, God is saying the same thing. I want you to rule as a king on this earth. Second Timothy, we see that he wants us to reign with Christ. In the new kingdom. Do you know that thousand year reign? The millennial reign? If we are ready, He will give us authority over things. Remember that parable? What would you do with the mina? Lord, you gave me two minas, I made two more. Well done, good and faithful sinners. Servant, I'll make you ruler over ten cities. That sounds pretty cool. <laughs> it's a reality, but we have to do something to be able to put ourselves excuse me, in that position. If we ignore what God is telling us, maybe you're losing a city there. Maybe you're losing another city there. Maybe you're just going to be a gardener. Do you know that in heaven, there's going to be a clear distinction of those people who obeyed God and those people who just barely made it in? It's going to be clear. And it has everything to do with your choices on this planet. It has everything to do with when we take up the offering. You know, that's almost the lowest test there is. It's the lowest test. Money. Money. Money, 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 money. <laughs> money. <laughs> it's a test. It's a test. Do you want to rule 10 cities or do you want to just like barely make it in? Oh, see, man, this everything, we have everything to do with what's going to happen in the future. Everything but we do it in His power and in His love. Well, that means you have to become spiritually minded enough to yield yourself to the reality of Him. What He values, you value. What He hates, you hate. Look what it says. John 17, verse 23. Pretty amazing when you look at it. But if you just read it and forget it, you, you lose what is there. Don't lose what He's telling you. Jesus says this, I in them. Do you know if you're born again, Jesus, the Spirit of Christ, is in you. Yeah, that's a place to just get on your face and thank Him. I in, This is Jesus talking. I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you've loved me. That blows my mind. Two things. First of all, God loves me just as much as he loves Jesus. And you can't wrap your mind around that. But if you meditate on it, you spend time in the Spirit meditating on that, it'll light you up. We read in Second Timothy that we're to rule with Jesus. If we rule with Jesus, that means we better be conformed to His image so that He can trust us. Okay, I'm going to give you a homework. I want you to read the parable of the sower this week. It talks about four different soils. And then I want you to ask the Holy Ghost to help you become the fourth soil. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, there was just a lot of meat today. But this is good. Or you wouldn't have given me this message. Our desire as a church, Lord, is to help people know you. So they can find your purpose for their life. And when they find your purpose for their life they're going to commune with you in such a way that they're going to live a life that's filled to the fullness of yourself. The Spirit of God is just moving in this place. If you haven't given your life to Jesus and you want to be a follower of his you want to be a disciple of his you're ready to give up your life and let him live through you the bible says I've been crucified with Christ yet I live but I don't live but by the faith of the living God that's another identification do you want Jesus do you want do you want him Do you want your sins forgiven? Do you want the newness of life that he offers? If if you're here today and you haven't given your life to Jesus, I know that you're in a spot. There's tension in the room. There's tension in the room because two forces are fighting for your soul. Two forces are fighting. And you have the deciding factor. Do you want Jesus? Raise your hand if you're not born again you want Jesus I see that hand anyone else today's the day don't be deceived in thinking you got it when you really don't our prayer workers are up here John Penny and Dan I want you to come and take advantage of them. They'll pray the word of God over your life. I don't care what it is. If you have marriage problems, come up here. They'll pray. They'll pray things specifically for your need. Father God, you know those who raised their hand, and you know those who should have raised their hand. you know us, Lord, that have a desire to be conformed to your image and we're asking you to do so. Our desire is that we be filled to the fullness of God and that we live in the Spirit, walk in the Spirit. That we walk in the authority and the power that you've given to us. We ask all these things in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, glory and honor in this place. Amen.